0: I even wrote it in my notes. <laughs> Hello people online. Okay. So <clears throat> a couple of things uh just about abiding. Uh Psalm chapter 1 just talks about the tree uh the bears fruit and is by river of living water. Um in John 15 Jesus uh is is really saying like uh, I am the vine, you are the branches, and he who abides in me will bear much fruit and so again, um, a very simple, very simple uh principle just around abiding in the Lord, anchoring in the Lord. all right, the next one, the king cleanses, so mark eleven fifteen through nineteen, and they were come to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple. And began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple. And overthrew the tables of the money changers. And the seats of them that sold doves. And would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer. But ye have made it a den of thieves. You have made it a den of thieves. Okay, so historically what was happening here, you know, the, the Mosaic law, there were commandments that the people would come to Israel once a year and that they would make sacrifices. And so for some people, this was a long trek. And uh, it's almost like they set up a convenience store. <laughs> uh for for the people in some ways except this was something that uh was required of the children of Israel to to bring these sacrifices so yeah you know, i i kind of wonder if it's kind of like buying a hot dog at uh chief stadium <laughs> right it's like or or like you know buying a snack it's like why are these prices so high well it's like, well, they kinda got you because you can't you can't go like you can't take your own food in, you can't take your own like water bottles in. So it's like you're gonna pay nine dollars for water, right? And so it's like there was really just extortion going on, and people were just making bank off of this sacrificial system, and Jesus would have none of it. And Jesus came in and cleaned up house. So Verse 18 says, And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and saw how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, he went out of the city. Now, this is the thing. uh, Many times, like, when we're like, I don't know, when we have, like, a gripe or a, a, a critique of, like, the church, Um yeah you know, it's very easy with your words to just kind of tear it down right um, rarely do we offer a solution or 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 better rarely do we raise our hands to actually participate and help be a part of the solution uh i'll I'll, I'll share just just for a moment when i am kind of a uh what's it? like I'm kind of a christian mutt. And what I mean by that is that um, I, my, I grew up going to uh, a very, I, I grew up Mennonite. So it's kind of this like con- conservative uh, church, four part harmony, singing, hymns, a lot of hymns, piano. Uh, and then uh, I started going to a charismatic church in my teenage and, and college years, um, which is a very different theological, like a theological approach. And uh, here I am now at Midtown Baptist Temple. And then I also had an internet pastor for a while, which I would never recommend. But basically, like mm-hmm. I like loved this church uh that was online and thought their pastor was amazing and everything was slick and, and polished and, and whatnot. And I would con- I would uh compare our church to this internet church. Okay. I would I compare our church with this internet church, and every time that I saw like Something cool that that internet church was doing. I was just like, man, why aren't we doing this thing here at Midtown Baptist Temple? I was like really frustrated. And all I had was like a heart of teardown. Okay. And I remember um, sitting with uh, Pastor Dan Renault at the time he was a part of Kaya. And I was telling him like some of the things in the church that I was seeing that like I didn't think were okay for whatever reason. And, and, uh, and I had told him at one point that I was like considering maybe going somewhere else. And he said something that like has stuck with me so much. First off, let me just caveat that I was like so horribly off. Okay. So I feel like he was kind of humoring me looking back on it. Um, I, I think I just needed to grow. I needed the church. I needed the church here. I needed the brothers and sisters in Christ that I have here. They didn't need me, okay? But he just said something very insightful and it was like, if the Lord has given you a perspective and you see something that's wrong with this church and then you go away, you take that perspective away from us, how are we going to grow as a church? How are we going to mature? Cuz we all know that like a church is made up of people, you know, and all of us have flaws, right? Um, but, uh, you know, his, his point was just like, you know, if you jump ship, like, how are we going to, how are we going to learn? Like, how are we going to grow? How are we going to get that feedback if you see something that needs to be done? And I think too often, you know, people, uh, are, are very quick to speak. They're, they're not swift to listen. They're, 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 they're swift to speak. Um, to tear down, but then they actually don't have anything to build up. They don't have anything that they offer to edify. And what I want to point out here is that Jesus didn't just go and clean out the temple and chase out the money changers, but then he actually had ministry to offer. So it wasn't just a tearing down, but it was actually a building up. It says that uh, because all the people were astonished at his doctrine, so Jesus like came and actually like brought something to the table. And and as you might know, um Jesus is cleaning cleaning house in Jerusalem at a physical temple, okay? And for the New Testament believer, what are we considered? What what are we considered? We're we're considered the temple of the Holy Ghost. Which is Astonishing. It's astonishing. So the point is that the Lord is zealous for His temple. The Lord is zealous for each of you. For anybody that has a a profession of faith, for anybody that's saved, the Lord is zealous for your life because you are His temple. Allow His light to shine upon all things. To establish proper communion. Okay, think back. Jesus came to Jerusalem. He like just looked at all things. Again, the basement. Okay? We had a corner that had piles of wood and piles and piles of wood that had collected, I'm guessing, from over decades, because it was there when we bought the house 15 years ago. That corner has no lights in it. Okay. And uh, uh, worse than that, my boys were helping me clean and they're like, where are all those little like black things that are just like, I'm like, that's mouse poop. Like, that's mouse poop. Like, everywhere. Um, And, uh, but like, that corner had not seen light for so long. And like, we, yesterday, we had a dumpster and we just pulled out all that wood. And we had been so reluctant to throw out that wood because we were like, oh, what if we, you know, what if we ever work on that room? We might need that little, you know, that little piece right there. It was like emotionally so hard to get rid of it. But we had to, like, when we pulled that out and uh, we still don't have lights there. So I just had like a little like work lamp or something like that. (laughs) But I, I, I took a photo and I probably should have brought it, but you can just imagine, you know, I texted my, my wife and was like, this corner has not seen light in, in maybe 50 years. Like some, some of the wood that was down there. I was like, maybe 50 years this corner has not seen light. And it was just like to have light in there, um, still dusty, still messy or not. But like that just there was, so, there was like a burden that was just lifted by just that corner getting light. And that's what God wants to do in each of our lives. And unfortunately, there's areas of our lives that we like to compartmentalize and like keep God out of. Because I think there's a fear that like, well, if God gets into that part of my life, if God gets into that corner, there's mouse food, <laughs> and it might hurt to clean it out. It might feel like a little bit of tearing down and ripping out of 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 all the wood, you know, like all the scaffolding. But man. <clears throat> Who can attest that like when the Lord disciplines us, when the Lord steps into our lives and into areas that maybe we didn't even want him to, he's good, he's faithful, he's a good father, and and he's not there to, to tear us down, it's actually to build us up. I was just kind of thinking about this, but God doesn't give us what we want, God gives us what we need, Right? And this is such a good example of it. Jesus came in and just completely like messed up what man had built up in Jerusalem with the money changers. So Psalm 69 talks about Jesus being zealous for his house. This is 1 Corinthians. Oh yeah, Psalm 69.9. For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. I mean, listen to that language. The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. That's pretty intense. And if you relate it to the, the fact that in the New Testament we're the temple, you could argue that that God is like obsessing over us. That it's like in a good way, right? First Corinthians 3:9. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Okay? Think of it kind of like you're like a garden of God, all right? <clears throat> you're God's building. Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you? It's remarkable. And so, you know, when you think about Jesus coming into the temple and, and chasing out the money changers, again, I just, like, I invite the Lord uh, to come into our hearts, and this is something you, you have to decide. I invite the Lord into my own life, um, to, to, to find those, those corners, to find where the woods just build up and, and light hasn't been and where there's rats and mice. And God, please have your way. Cleanse us. May we have pure hearts, pure lives for you. All right. And then the last section that we're going to look at, we're going to skip over some verses. We're going to go to uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 27. The king prevails. What happens right before this is um, they actually leave Jerusalem. They go back to Bethany, and on the way, the disciples see the tree that Jesus had had uh, said that it would never bear fruit forever. And they went and they saw the tree, and it was like it was like I don't know, decimated. I don't I don't know exactly that like it was like withered. It's like clearly. Uh, what Jesus had said actually physically came to pass. And they were like astonished by it. And then Jesus uh, started teaching them about faith and prayer. Okay, so he he talked to them about that. So we're going to shift to uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 27, the king prevails. And keep in mind, Jesus had cleaned up house So this is day three in Jerusalem. And they come again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, there come to him the chief priests and the scribes and the elders, and say unto him, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority to do these things? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I will also ask of you one question, and answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of men? Answer me. So Jesus answers their question with a question, right? Uh, <clears throat> if you haven't had a chance or if you weren't a part of whole Heart, well, maybe this was two years ago when you were teaching on the questions of Jesus. But there's often times when God ask questions in scripture. And when God asks a question, <clears throat> it's not because <clears throat> he's lacking knowledge or information. God asks a question to get us to think and to start seeing things through his perspective. Pastor Mitch Dobson did an awesome job going through a series called uh, Questions of Jesus where he just like looked at at some of them. There's so many that like we couldn't even cover them all. Um, but man, that that was a, a awesome series, and you can always find that online. Uh, but here we have Jesus asking a question. Okay, and the first thing that just kind of stands out to me is that Jesus doesn't play by their rules. Okay, their their motive is not to gr- to to get right with God. Their motive is not to grow in 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 true spiritual understanding. Their motive is to destroy Jesus and to stop what's happening, which is that people are actually listening to his teachings, right? So, so Jesus doesn't play by their rules, and and Jesus asks them a question, and he brings up John the Baptist, okay? Because John the Baptist's ministry, John the Baptist was the forerunner. He's at the beginning of the Gospels, and he's telling people, repent for the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, For the kingdom of God is at hand and he's baptizing people and he even baptizes Jesus. But there's one group of people that for sure in scripture did not get baptized by John the Baptist and receive his his ministry. Who was it? It was the the Pharisees. Yeah. Yeah. The religious rulers, the scribes and the Sadducees. Okay. That collectively as a whole. These were the religious leaders of Israel, and they did not receive the first prophet sent to them, which was John the Baptist. They rejected him. <clears throat> and John the Baptist warned them. He warned them of God's judgment <clears throat> and that like that fig tree that got withered, that God would come and, and chop down things by the root and burn them up if they would not repent. And they did not, they did not receive that. And what we've seen throughout the Gospel of Mark, this series, is that the Pharisees are eyewitnesses to to miracles. The scribes, the religious leaders, they're seeing Jesus do miracles, but their heart is so hard, they're blind to everything. They're blind to everything God is doing, and all they want is their own will. They want to be the authority. They want to be the CEO They don't want to bow down to the Lord, Jesus. But Jesus won't have that. So Jesus answered them and said unto them, I will also ask of you one question and and answer me. And I will tell you by what authority do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of men? Answer me. And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say, Why then did ye not believe him? But if we shall say of men... They feared the people for all men counted John that he was a prophet indeed, which means if he's a prophet indeed, what's that mean? He's speaking on by the authority of of God. I don't have right? Jesus is sneaky. <laughs> he asked a question that they really couldn't like you know like they couldn't win, right? Um, but look at the result of this, okay <clears throat> verse thirty three and they answered. And said unto Jesus, we cannot tell. We cannot tell. They they basically are just silenced. They have nothing to say. (laughs) They have nothing to offer. And Jesus answering saith unto them, neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things. He doesn't have to say it because John the Baptist already said it. The testimony, the eyewitnesses of the people already said it, let alone Jesus and his miracles themselves. So, <clears throat> this is, this is uh, again, I, I just want to, in some ways, kind of sit at the feet of Jesus and just marvel at him. Jesus is Lord. He has control over the sea. He has control over the fig tree. He's got control uh, of, of everything um, <clears throat> but there 's one mountain we t- kind of talked about this last week there 's one mountain that that Jesus cannot move and and that and that is a hard heart and it's and it 's not because uh he doesn 't have like like the power, but it 's because he 's given us that free will <clears throat> And when we reject the authority of God and, and his word in our lives, we are left in darkness. We're left in silence. We have nothing to say. We have nothing to offer. We have no fruit to offer the Lord. It's just leaves. It's just, it's just cover up. It's just fake. And scripture says that the Lord resists the proud and and here we see the Lord resisting the religious leaders, but but here's the good news. It says it also says in in James four six that God gives grace to the humble, and you know we saw this last week. But a blind Bartimaeus, I mean, if anybody was just living in fig leaves, it's blind Bartimaeus. Just sitting on the road, begging, and 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 what did he offer to the Lord? Nothing but but humility and desperation to say, uh, "Son of David, have mercy on me." And our and our good King, our servant King, has salvation. For those that will just say, "Lord, have mercy on me," and He can make you whole. So if you have not done that before, before the Lord. I just, I I beg of you uh, that the time is short. Your life is short. And there will be a time where you will give account for your sins if you do not allow uh, Jesus, uh, if you do not receive the shed blood of Jesus over your life. So I just beg of you to do that. Um, These Pharisees were in, like, they they were confused like in some ways just kind of confused. And again, they had nothing to say. So um, if you're finding uh, confusion in your life in any way, in, in any aspect where it's just like, I don't know what God's up to, um, this would also just be an area where there might be something uh, that, the, that the Lord wants to do in your life, but you got to talk about it with somebody. 1 Corinthians fourteen thirteen says that God is not the author of confusion, okay? So if there's an area in your life where you, where you feel confused, okay? Let the Lord's light shine. Let God's people um, be able to be there for you, and, and we can walk through these things together, okay? So I'm going to pray, and we'll be dismissed. Jesus, we open our hearts to you, God, and um, I pr- I, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm praying this with sincerity. That um, that you would you would come into every area of my heart, and that you would come into the areas of of uh, my brothers and sisters' hearts. And Lord, if there's anywhere where your light uh, is not penetrating, um, that you would come and do what you do so well, which is um, You come and and you clean house, um, but you give life. You bring life. You bring joy. You bring hope uh, where there is none. And so please uh, come into the dark crevices of our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that we would um, receive your word and that it would be the authority of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.